Hello and welcome to The Great Gildersleeve from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. If you follow the news, you've probably seen that the price of gold has been setting new all-time highs recently. There are several reasons why that is happening, including the rising cost of living, our national debt passing $34 trillion and continuing to skyrocket, and the upcoming elections in November which add to the economic uncertainty. It's why so many Americans, including myself, are turning to Birch Gold Group. Text OTR to 989898 to get a free info kit on diversifying your IRA or 401k into gold. With an A-plus rating with the BBB, you can count on Birch Gold. Just text OTR to 989898 to claim your free info kit now. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of Kraft Quality Foods, presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. But not gone. Still this week and next to get in your names for Gildersleeve song. Still time to win up to $6,000 in cash in Parquet Margarine's $50,000 Name My Song contest. Get this week's entries in before midnight this Saturday. Then try again next week, often as you like. Contest open to listeners in the United States and Canada. The oftener you enter, the better your opportunities. Remember, a simple title for Gildersleeve song is going to win up to $6,000 in cash. More details later. Meanwhile, remember, when you buy margarine, get the kind that tastes so good. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y, parquet margarine made by Kraft. And now, before we hear tonight's Gildersleeve story, here's the great man himself singing his song. There's an old familiar strain, a haunting refrain, that takes me back to days of yore. I see a chapel on the hill Spring's first daffodils Reflected in the mill pond From the shore I recall in memory Two names on a tree Our first kiss in that old canoe and though we drifted far apart, this song lives in my heart. It's a melody of love and you. Thank you, folks. We're going to save the second chorus till the end of the show. Well, let's see what's going on in Summerfield. When the clock strikes five at the water department, the great Gildersleeve usually jumps in his car and makes a beeline for home. But today he's going way around by Elm Street. wonder what's on his mind. Oh, Elm Street. That's where the pretty nurse, Catherine Milford, lives. You bet. <laughs> well, and there she is, just getting out of the car. Yoo-hoo, Catherine. Oh, hello, 
Hello, Throckmorton. <laughs> I was just on my way home from the office and saw you parking. Oh, do you always go home this way? Well, you know what they say. The longest way around is the sweetest way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throckmorton, you say the nicest things. Yep. Won't you come in? Well, I have to get on to dinner. I stopped by to tell you about an important item in the paper. What is it? There's going to be a full moon tonight. Oh. Uh-huh. The weatherman says it'll rise at 8 o'clock facing your port swing. Really? Harvest moon. They don't come often. Throckmorton, I just had an idea. You did? It's something you'd never think about. Oh? Why don't you come over at 8 o'clock? Well, I don't... <laughs> I'll be here. That's what I like about a nurse. Doesn't take her long to diagnose a case. <laughs> <laughs> I said hello. Hello, Uncle Moore. What's the matter, my dear? Ah, uh, she's got Bronco on the brain. Bronco, that football player? Yeah, she's jealous. Stop it, Leroy. He stood her up for a blonde. Leroy? <laughs> What's this all about, Marjorie? I thought you had Bronco locked in the stable. I'd rather not talk about it, Unky. Bronco didn't ask her to the Halloween dance. Leroy, you know nothing about this. The heck I don't. Guess who was cheering Bronco at scrimmage this afternoon, Marge? Sugar Murphy. Was she out there again? Yeah, she pinned up a hole in his jersey with her bobby pins. Oh, that blonde weasel. Yeah, now, my dear. You should have heard her, Marge. Let Sugar pin it up, Bronky boy. <laughs> Bronky boy. You mustn't take cold in that big, strong shoulder. That's the one you throw your passes with. She's the one who's throwing the passes. <laughs> Boy, he ate it up. He went back to the game and tried to get the other arm torn off. <laughs> oh, Marjorie, please. What's the matter with her? Leroy, you better go up and wash up for dinner. Okay. Gosh, what did I do? <laughs> now, now, my dear, don't cry. Uh, who's crying? Oh, my goodness. That sugar Murphy's deadly. I'll never see Bronco again. Well, Marjorie, you'll never get him back crying your heart out. The way to handle this thing is to be indifferent. Don't let him know you're worried. That's easy for you to say. I never worry about any one girl. There's plenty of fish in the sea. If you take the advice of your old uncle, you'll just ignore Bronco. You think it'll work, Unky? Certainly. If you act aloof and independent, they'll come back to you every time. All right, Unky. Oh, but I'll just die tonight sitting here thinking about Sugar Murphy dancing all evening with Bronco. Well, there's no need to sit home and think about it. How'd you like to go to a show with your old uncle? Show? Yeah. I know it won't be like dancing with Bronco, but... Oh, you're awfully sweet, Unky, but don't you have a date with Miss Milford? Yeah, don't worry about that. I'll call Catherine and tell her I won't be over tonight. Oh, I couldn't let you do don't that. Don't you give it another thought, my dear. It's a poor uncle who can't spare an evening occasionally for his niece. I'll call her right now. Besides, the weatherman says there'll be a bigger full moon tomorrow night. <laughs> Get your little coat. Be right down, Unky. Hmm. Wonder who's out at the door. Hey, it's Bronco. I see his car out front. Oh? I heard an explosion. I thought the tack factory had blown up again. <laughs> Marjorie, the Bronco is here. Bronco? 
Oh, Unky, he came back. I told you he would. Now, don't be too eager. Hi, Marge. Oh, Bronco. Oh, brother. <laughs> Come in, Bronco. Psst. Marge, be cold. Play hard to get. What's that, Mr. Gildersleeve? Ah. Oh, hello, Bronco. I said that coal's going to be hard to get. The strike, you know. <laughs> oh. Well, Marge, my car's outside. Let's go to the dance. A dance? Oh, I'm going to the movies this evening. The movies? I have another date. What? <laughs> Smart girl. You can't expect me to sit home waiting just for you. Yeah, now watch him come crawling. But, Marge, you can't do this to me. <laughs> Here he comes. <laughs> Marjorie, why don't you ask Bronco to sit down? He looks a little pale. I don't think he has time, Uncle Mort. He has a date with Sugar Murphy. Who told you that? Oh, it doesn't matter. I really don't care. Yeah, nice footwork. <laughs> Look, Marge, this is the truth. Mr. Gildersleeve, you're my witness. Sugar tried to get me to ask her, and she's been telling everybody I was going to take her to the dance. Well, I didn't ask her. I've been planning all along to take you, Marge. Haven't I, Mr. Gildersleeve? Don't try to drag me into this. <laughs> Marge, if you go out with somebody else, I'll, I'll quit the team. I'll turn in my suit. You could turn that one in, all right. <laughs> I don't want to ruin the team. Come on, Marge. Wait till I change. I'll be right down. Hurry up. Oh, thanks, Uncle Mort. It worked perfectly. Nothing, my dear. Simple psychology. Oh, but what are you going to do? You've broken your date with Miss Milford. Huh? Oh, I'll wander over there after a while. If I feel like it, she'll be waiting. <laughs> should have phoned Catherine, told her I was coming. Nah, let her worry a little. Do her good. Women love surprises. <laughs> Guess she didn't hear the bell. I'll be right there, Clarence. Okay, Clarence? <laughs> Come in, Clarence. It's you, Throckmorton. That's right, it's me. I found I could make it after all. <laughs> Who's Clarence? Well, you see, Throckmorton, after you phoned you weren't coming over, I made another date. Another date? Uh, Clarence Olson called. He's an intern at the hospital. Dr. Clarence Olson. Oh, an intern, eh? Hadn't heard about him. Well, he's been asking me for dates ever since I came to the hospital. Uh-huh. I'm sure you understand. Oh, certainly. I'm not upset. I'm no adolescent. Of course not. We'll just have our date tomorrow night. Bigger moon anyway. <laughs> well, uh, Throckmorton, I'm afraid I can't see you tomorrow night either. Hmm? Have to work, do you? No, but uh, Dr. Olson insisted on a date tomorrow night, too. Date hog. <laughs> I'm sorry, Throckmorton, but... Well, you don't know Dr. Olson. He's rather impetuous. Huh? He's really awfully nice. Impetuous, huh? He'll be here any minute. Wouldn't you like to wait and meet him? Oh, no, I'll be on my way. Well, good night, Throckmorton. Good night. <laughs> Let her go. What do I care? 
Isn't going to worry me any. No, sir, not one bit. Whoop. Excuse me, madam. Oh, lamppost. <laughs> prizes, prizes, prizes. Get in on this week's prizes in Parquet Margarine's $50,000 Name My Song Contest. This week alone, Parquet Margarine is awarding four $1,000 cash prizes, 20 $100 cash prizes, 50 $20 cash prizes, 200 $10 cash prizes, and then there's that grand prize of $5,000 extra, $6,000 in all for the best title received for Gildersleeve's song. Simple to enter, just send your song title together with the red end flap of a package of Parquet Margarine to Parquet Margarine, Box 5167, Chicago 77, Illinois. Your dealer has entry blanks with contest rules and the words to Gildy's song. Or use plain paper if you prefer. Be sure to include your own and your dealer's name and address. Now write down that address. Parquet Margarine, Box 5167, Chicago 77, Illinois. This week's entries must be postmarked before midnight Saturday. Only one more week after that. Send several entries, but hurry. Any song title you think of might be worth up to $6,000 to you in cash. Well, let's get back to the great Gildersleeve. A rival for Nurse Milford's affections showed up last night in the person of a young intern, Dr. Olson. But the great man is determined to take the advice he gave Marjorie, to be aloof, indifferent, and not worry. So today we find him going about his work at the water department in his usual efficient fashion. Bessie? Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve? Bessie, let's get some of this work cleaned up around here. Where's the intern report? Intern? Uh, I mean the Olson. Uh... The Clarence. Oh, never mind. Mr. Gildersleeve, do you feel all right? Bessie, stop asking ridiculous questions. I'm fine. I just wondered. You've been sitting there all day with your hat on. Huh? Well, I like to have my hat on. Sometimes. You've got it backwards. I have? Well, I was thinking of leaving. You seem all upset, Mr. Gildersleeve. Did I do something? No. Did I forget to do something? Oh, my goodness. If there's something you want me to do, you just tell me and I'll do it, Mr. Gildersleeve. Okay, Bessie, go home. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> She's going to do it, too. Uh, I might as well go home, too, I guess. Wonder if I should drive past Catherine's on the way. No, she might jump at conclusions and think I'm worrying. <laughs> Sir James called, he would ask for a kiss. Those things don't happen in real life. Still, those nobles were pretty impetuous back in those days. So was Olsen. 
Guess I'll go down to Peavy's and get a good, strong cigar. Wonder where they went tonight. Didn't see anybody at Catherine's when I drove past. <sighs> good evening, Peavy. Well, hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> What can I do for you this evening? Give me a couple of cigars, Peavy. Yeah, well. On your way to a date this evening, are you, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, no, Peavy. I thought I'd just sit around and talk to you. Yeah, probably cost you less. <laughs> now, what do we talk about? Well, Peavy, you're acquainted with a lot of doctors in town. Do you happen to know a Dr. Clarence Olson? Hmm, no. You want a doctor, Mr. Gildersleeve? If there's anything I don't want, it's a doctor. No, I guess you don't. <laughs> Since you have private nurse. <laughs> That'll do, Peavy. Might interest you to know that I'm not seeing Miss Milford for a while. You don't say. Something came up and... I canceled a date with her last night. And tonight, for all I know, she's out with somebody else. Dr. Olson, I presume? <laughs> well... Yes. A little worried, are you, Mr. Gildersleeve? Of course not. The way I look at it, after she has a few dates with this young intern, she'll appreciate me all the more. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> what? Nurses and doctors seem to have a lot in common. Well, maybe they do in a business way. Yeah, they're probably spending the evening together down at the hospital watching an operation. <laughs> my, my. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Well, hello, John. Hello, Horace. It's a little chilly outside, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's going to be nice Halloween weather. I may just go soaping windows. <laughs> Second childhood. You seem a little down the mouth, Gilda, and I know why. Oh? I saw your pretty nurse with another man. You did? And what did he look like, Judge? Well, as I recall, he was quite tall, broad of shoulder, handsome of feature, blonde. Sounds like an Olsen. Struck me as being quite a young man, Gilday. Well, that doesn't interest me. About Miss Milford's age, I guess. Perhaps a year or two younger. Hmm. What? Uh, nothing, nothing, Judge. Uh, where were they? Not that I'm interested. Mr. Gildersleeve seemed to think they were at the hospital watching an operation. <laughs> if they're watching an operation, it's being performed on the dance floor of the Summerfield Grill. <laughs> All right, Judge. You too, Peavy. Go ahead and laugh, both of you. Doesn't worry me one bit where she is, not one bit. Well, well now, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't say, say that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Just that I can't think about anything else. This idea of not worrying is the worst idea I ever had. I'll call Catherine the first thing in the morning and ask her for a date. No, I'll do better than that. I'll drop by her house right now and stick a note on the door. Hope she reads it before that intern gets a chance to date her up next week. I'd better mark the note rush. Stick the note under the door. 
and stick it in the keyhole. She's bound to see it when she unlocks the door. Wrote too much to get in the keyhole. But I had to go all out. By George, I'll get the next date with Catherine and know the reason why. Who's that stopping in front of the house? Whoop. It's Catherine and the intern. I better get out of here. <laughs> Darn. Porch swing. Shh. Well, here they come. I make a break for it now. They'll see me. I'll just drop off the edge of the porch here. <laughs> Landed in the lily pond. <laughs> Both feet. You'll have to get out of here. Zeke, they'll hear that. I'm trapped. I'll just have to stand in it and hope they won't see me. Being in the lily pond at midnight would be kind of hard to explain. Well, it's been a lovely evening, Clarence. Oh, no, Catherine. Don't try to say goodnight so fast. Well, I really should. I'd ask you in, but it's a little late. At a girl, Catherine. My shoes are filling up. <laughs> Is that the way you treat all your boyfriends? Send them right home? Now, Clarence. By the way, who's that man you've been going with? The fat fellow with a black Tony. Oop. I don't be silly. That's a natural wave in Mr. Gildersleeve's hair. Oh, yes, Gildersleeve. Works for the water department, doesn't he? I'll have you know he's the water commissioner. You bet. I could turn off your water, Doc. <laughs> I wish I could drain this pond. Well, I'd better say goodnight now, Claire. Oh, wait a minute, Captain. Why don't we sit here on the porch and just swing a while? Oh, go home. It's a little cold for the porch swing, isn't it? No, not for a red-blooded couple like us. He'd better watch it. Well, we'll sit down for a minute. We don't want to catch the sniffles out here. You do, Dr. Olsen will take your case. Pushy Swede. Oh, what would you prescribe, Doctor? Well, first, I'd advise that you take preventative measures, my dear. Oh? Way to ward off a cold is to keep warm. Uh, let's sit closer together. How, <laughs> no, Doctor? Oop, what a sneaky way to operate. <laughs> Nothing so romantic as an old porch swing, especially if there's a boy and a girl in it. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> and look at that big yellow harvest moon over there. Doesn't that suggest anything to you? Now he's using my moon. <laughs> well, it suggests that I'd better be going in. Get up and go, Catherine. My feet are freezing. <laughs> Oh, please, just five minutes more. Oh, my goodness. I'll just have to try to make myself comfortable. What's that? Fish in your pond? Hmm? Oh, no, no. There hasn't been a fish in that pond since we've been here. That's what she thinks. <laughs> Catherine, now, when I catch a cold like this, I'm down for weeks. 
Uncle Mort, can I do anything for you? You might throw another blanket over me. Gosh, Uncle, you got all the blankets in the house on you now. Well, my feet are still cold. I could get you the blanket my turtle sleeps on. Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> Mr. Gilsey? Yes, Bertie, come in. You want some breakfast now? No, thank you, Bertie. You ought to have something hot. No. Hot cereal? No. Hot broth? I don't feel like eating, Bertie. Hot lemonade? No, Bertie. Hot coffee? Please, Bertie, I'm a sick man. I know that. That's why you need hot liquid. All right, Bertie, bring me a hot water bottle. <laughs> what? For my feet, Bertie. Oh, yes, that man. <laughs> Poor Unky. I wish we could do something for you. It'll be all right. You children run along and get ready for school. Gosh, Unk, I don't know anything I'd rather do than stay home from school or wait on you. I believe that, Leroy, but you're going to go to school anyway. <laughs> okay. Come on, Leroy. Uh, uh, hey! Good luck, Unk. <laughs> There's a car stopping out in front. Did you call a doctor for Unc? I called somebody, all right, but it wasn't the doctor. I'll go to the door. Hello, Marjorie. Come in, Miss Milford. Well, good morning, Leroy. <laughs> How is the patient? Well, come on, I'll take you up to his room. Bertie, hurry up with that hot water bottle. <laughs> I'm shaking again. This isn't Bertie, Throckmorton. You what? Well, Catherine, what are you doing here? Well, she just came by to see how you were feeling, Unky. Yes. How are you feeling? Oh, fine, fine. Throckmorton, how did you ever get such a bad cold? Yeah, well, I was delivering a letter, and I stepped in a pond, a puddle. Oh. Well, let me make you comfortable. Raise up while I fluff up your pillow. Oh, uh, yeah. That's right. Now, let me lay your head back. Mm. <laughs> Your forehead feels quite cool. It does? Mm. Try it again. Well, you do have a little temperature. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll go down to the kitchen and see Bertie. I want you to have some hot liquids. Hot liquids? Oh, that's a great idea, Catherine. I've been wanting hot liquids all morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be here. Uncle Mort, you look better already. I'm so glad Miss Milford came to see you. Well, Marjorie, it's just like I told you. Pay no attention to them, don't worry, and they'll come back every time. You're so right, Unky. <laughs> I never worry about a thing. Uh, 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 <laughs> Second week winners in Parquet Marjorie's $50,000 Name My Song Contest. $1,000 in cash to Mrs. Leroy Marker, 1527 Sunset Drive, Hamilton 1, Ohio. Maud W. Broderick, Post Office Box 245, Orlando, Florida. Jacqueline G. Shute, Box 374, Fabens, Texas. Mrs. Harry L. Fadum, 826 Clara Avenue, St. Louis 12, Missouri. And 270 other winners to be notified by mail. This week's contest ends midnight Saturday. Send your title for Gildersleeve's song together with the red end flap of a package of Parquet Margarine to Parquet Margarine, Box 5167, Chicago 77, Illinois. $6,000 to the grand prize winner. Remember, you can get a souvenir recording of my song just by sending 25 cents in the red end flap of a Parquet package to Parquet Margarine, Box 5167, Chicago 77, Illinois. 
This isn't part of the contest, but having the record might suggest a prize-winning idea. The address, same as the contest, Box 5167, Chicago 77, Illinois. The record sounds something like this. Second chorus, please, Jack. In my reverie, it seems the summer moonbeams are fields that wander on and on to where a lane that we called ours hid among the flowers and welcomed cooling showers before the dawn. There's a lilac trellis gate where each night we'd wait to breathe the fragrance in the air. And so wherever I may roam, my thoughts will turn to home. Sleeve is played by Harold Perry. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. Throughout the entire nation, communities this month are conducting their annual community chess drive. There's no need to tell Americans what the community chess is or what it does. It's only necessary to tell you that without your contribution, work vital to human happiness in your own community cannot go on. The Kraft Foods Company urges each one of you to open your hearts to your local community chest appeal this month. Remember, all the community chest agencies in your community share your contribution. So make your contribution generous enough for all. Stay tuned now for Break the Bank on NBC.